Hello to all you boaters out there, and welcome to the premiere episode of Come Hell or High Water, a weekly podcast where we talk to all sorts of river folk about boating and why they love what we do. I'm Katie Gossis, your host, and I can't tell you guys how exciting the outpouring of love and support has been in the last week since I teased this little project. It truly means so much to me. For those of you that haven't yet, um, go follow the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to support, consider becoming a patron on patreon.com. The links are in the show notes. Okay, now that announcements are out of the way, if you aren't aware, today is opening day of golly season. Ah, yes, that magical time of year filled with pillow rides and postage stamp moves. And the Beast of the East is back in play, y'all. Be safe. Dust off that sphere of awareness. And remember, we're all between swims, even though the festival isn't happening this year. And I just found out as of yesterday that the animal race is also canceled. I hope you still get to see your friends out on the water throughout the season. Today, my guest is one of a kind and someone I have known for practically my entire life. She really is the best person I could be speaking to to celebrate the season. Help me to welcome longtime golly guide and my friend, Monica Weatherford. Monica, how are you today? I'm doing great, Katie. I know that uh, it's been a long time since we've talked, uh, but uh, what company are you working for these days? I'm currently working for Adventures on the Gorge in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Nice. And this is like one of the first questions I always ask everybody is, if you're boating privately and you have your choice of rivercraft, what are you going to be boating in? A shredder. <laughs> nice. I have a shredder as well. <laughs> it's really maneuverable and it's lightweight. It's easy to travel with. Um, and John and I like to paddle that, especially if we're doing something kind of steep and technical. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I agree with the, the portability part of it, too, because technically it's about 50 pounds. So I think that counts as carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it can roll up pretty small. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Quick aside. The Shredder is the original all-inflatable cataract that was the brainchild of Tom Love at Airtight Inflatables in Ohio Pile, PA. And though Tom Love has recently passed, his legacy lives on in his designs, his company, and the loyal Shredder family, of which I consider myself a part. What's your favorite stretch of river? Uh, well... As far as commercial stuff I've run, I mean, the Upper Dolly is probably my favorite thing to guide on. According to American Whitewater, the Upper Gully River is a Class 4-5 section of whitewater outside of Summersville, West Virginia. It's about 9.2 miles in length, with a recommended flow range of 400 to 5,000 CFS. It touts such rapids as Pillow Rock Rapid, Iron Ring, and the unforgettable Sweets Falls. I asked Monica to come on the podcast for the first episode because today also happens to be opening day of golly season. And what better way to celebrate the season than talking to a golly guide? Um, I've done some other stuff privately that I haven't guided on. Uh, last year, I got to run the Tulula down in northern Georgia, which has like a 70-foot slide waterfall on it, which is pretty fun. Yeah, it's called uh, Oceana, if I remember correctly, right? 
American Whitewater touts the Tallulah Gorge as a class four, five section of whitewater near Tallulah Falls, Georgia. It's about 1.3 miles in length with a recommended flow range between 450 and 1200 CFS. And uh, uh, we also usually go down and do the Russell's work in the fall when we get the opportunity to, which is another like steep class five section. Yeah, that's, uh, and I, if I remember correctly, that's like right on the Kentucky border, isn't it? Yeah, the Virginia-Kentucky border. Nice. AW gives the Russell Fork Gorge a class 4 to 5 plus rating. It has a length of about 4 miles and a recommended flow range between 125 and 1400 CFS. And it touts an impressive average gradient of 140 feet per minute. Um, so how long have you been a raft guide? This is my 20th season guiding. Jeez, man. I don't, I can't imagine how your back and your shoulders must feel because I know how mine feel. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it takes a toll on everybody, so. (laughs) Yeah, I actually uh, was at Active active Fitness earlier, uh, just doing a little checkout on my shoulder, starting to feel a little crunchy. Um, but. Uh. In general, it also works pretty well. Yeah. How uh, how many days a week are you working currently? Uh, well, it kind of ebbs and flows with the season um, because earlier in the season, you know, it's mostly on the weekends. Um, but at this time of year, I'm probably on the river like four or five days a week. Now, are you working the new this time of year? For those of you confused by that statement, me and Monica recorded this interview back in July. Okay, back to business. Uh, mostly the new, but we do offer trips on the Gali in the summertime, and those are water level dependent. Uh, if we have enough water to take rafts down the Gali, we will. If there isn't enough water for rafts, we're taking duckies, which are the inflatable sit-on-top kayak. Yeah, nice. Did your family boat at all when you were younger, or did you kind of find this on your own? How did you get into it? Well, we went on a few trips. Um, they're in uh, Northern Virginia, Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia, like on the Shenandoah um, and like tubing on Antietam Creek when I was a kid, but we didn't do a whole lot of boating. Um, when I was 18 and looking for a summer job, a friend of mine and I found out that they were hiring raft guides at River and Trail on the Shenandoah River, and we went and trained there and kind of got hooked. According to American Whitewater, this specific section of the Shenandoah River is a class 2-3 with a length of about 6.1 miles, taking you through historic downtown Harpers Ferry. Now, the recommended flow range for this section is 1.7 to 9 feet, though, let's be honest, if you're a raft guide on the Shenandoah, we've all seen it lower than that. But the cutoff for a commercial raft trip is around six feet, and I would highly recommend that if it's over six feet that you go with someone who knows where they are because the river is very wide and it can get really burly at those higher levels. This is also what I consider my home river, and it's where I got my start. So hi to all my Shenandoah River people out there. Nice. And how long until you? How long did you work at River and Trail until you went to the Gali? I was at River and Trail for two summers, um, and then I came down and started working at Rivers on the New and the Gali. Uh, did you live in the Ewok Village while you were at River and Trail? <laughs> yes, I did live in the Ewok Village. <laughs> Rip the Ewok Villages no more, but. <laughs> Aww. So everybody out there knows. 
me and Monica have known each other since how old? Like kindergarten, probably. Our parents lived down the street from each other. So we grew up next to each other. And Monica was my babysitter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> when I was I mean, younger, a couple of I was times. Like 12, or, <clears throat> 12 or 13, maybe when I started babysitting for you. Um, but I have always, like, I worked at River and Trail, and I know, like, a couple years after I worked there, like, you started guiding, and I thought it was cool that you had also joined the voter community. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, pretty much through, like, the same avenue you did, like, needing a summer job, and made it happen and it's just so random that like we grew up down the street from each other and just so happened to both end up doing it and I feel like our parents go to parties together and commiserate with each other about it (laughs) and so the golly so you've been guiding what 18 years on the golly now technically (laughs) uh so what is uh what's the biggest lesson you've learned from all your years on the golly Or just voting in general? I think the, the biggest thing that I have learned is that you are always learning. And at whatever point you think that you're done learning, you're probably about to take an ass whooping. Yeah, that's pretty true. If you, like, get cocky and confident, I generally think it's going to bite you in the ass real quick. <laughs> um, what is your uh, – what's your best customer story? Mm. <laughs> That you can uh, tell. So <laughs> I, I, one of the most recent ones, and this one is funny because it was a question that I had not encountered before. We get a lot of like the same questions over and over again about whether or not the river goes in a circle, where whether we're going to end up where we start or not. But the other day, someone asked me if we carry a black box on the boat. And I was what? like, you mean like what they have on an airplane? And she said, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, we don't do that. And she she was like, well, if something happens, how do they know what happened? And I'm like, I mean, not that there can't be injuries or worse on the river, but usually at least some of the people survive the encounter. <laughs> the whole system doesn't disappear. Did her eyes get really big on that whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some I'm, of the I'm people survive. Sure you know, happens out there, but. <laughs> Oh my God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a new one for me too. <laughs> like I've heard, are there dolphins? Are there sharks? Like, yeah, the river running in a circle, all of that. Do we start where we and or do we end up where we started, et cetera, et cetera? But yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> what was uh? What's your like, the scariest river story that you have, if you want to tell it? Because I know some of that is stuff we don't want to think about, but um. <laughs> Uh, Well, a couple years ago in 2016, we had a really big flood here, Um, and this is more, it was, at the time, I wasn't sure if I was, like, making the right decision or not. Uh, We were on a golly trip, and it was well within our range for running the golly in the morning when we started, but it was torrential downpours, and uh, when we got to lunch, um, I made a radio call asking you know, what the gauges are saying, because the water seemed a lot higher than it had when we first started, and a lot of the little creeks were pretty big coming in. The call I got back from base was like, well, the gauge is still reading, it was around 5,000, 5,500 cubic feet per second on the lower golly, and I was like, well, it's way above that out here, so I don't know if the gauges haven't updated yet, or what the deal is, Um, 
but the river, we waited for a little while, and we could tell the river was coming up really fast, so we ended up deciding to take the trip out early. And it, it ended up being a good decision. Um, but at the time, I was like, you know, if I take these people out early and the river didn't come up as much as we thought it was, you know, am I ruining everybody's day? Or am I making a good decision by keeping people out of harm's way? Which it, it was well above our cutoff level by the end of the trip. So I'm glad that we took off where we did. Yeah, for sure. And I mean... And that's also like that's yeah that's a really hard call because always like taking people out early is a, a feat in and of itself. Like you're definitely having to do a lot more work to make that happen. It's a lot easier to go downstream, but definitely good call on the safety portion of that because yeah I've been out when the river rises before and it's a it's kind of scary because you're like oh no I don't have a gauge exactly sitting in front of me to tell me how big this is but I know it's big. Yeah, by the time we got up to the road where we were getting phone service again, it was over 30,000 CFS. Ooh, um, and what's your guys' cutoff at AOG? Uh, our commercial cutoff is probably around 15,000, depending on the clientele and the guys that are working the trip. Yeah, yeah. so that's definitely well above <laughs> what your cutoff was. We put in um, at a Mason's Branch. And we took out at Canyon Doors, but we were originally planning on going all the way down to Swift. Ah, gotcha. The lunch spot there, yeah. I've ridden that road before to come in and out of there, and that's that's a long trip in and of itself. That's like an hour, I think, to get in and out of there. It is. And uh, it was a good thing we got out when we did because there's a little bridge going over a creek right there that had water coming up pretty high underneath of it when we were coming out on the bus. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, you know, not ideal to have the bridge washed out. What's your best river story? Like the day that made it? Um, that's really probably hard to say. Um, I've had quite a few really awesome crews over the years. Um, and trips, the thing is, trips that go really smoothly, you don't remember nearly as well as the trips where <laughs> things did not go smoothly. I thought the truth. <laughs> But do you have any, uh, like, private trips that you are memorable? I know you guys were on the Grand Canyon not that long ago, weren't you? Oh, yeah, we were. Um, in April, we got to do 21 days on the canyon uh, with mostly a bunch of other uh, boaters and friends and family of boaters. Um, it was like a big raft guide vacation, um, and that was a really awesome trip. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely still on my bucket list to do. So... It's. It seems like that's the uh, the epitome of the raft guide dream. Be out on the river for a month, sand in all the wrong places. So, <laughs> okay, guys. So if you've been in the whitewater community for more than five minutes, you've heard about this trip. You pull a permit, and you and fourteen of your closest friends get to spend twenty one days in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It's the trip of a lifetime. Now, the recommended flow range for this section of river is between 4,000 and 48,000 CFS. And the Grand Canyon runs on a infamous 1 to 10 rating system. Now, this, does, this doesn't mean that these rapids are harder than Class 6. The hardest rapids on the run were simply given a 10 rating and everything else was rated respectively lower. A Grand Canyon 10 corresponds approximately to a Class 4 rating on the international scale. The 1 to 10 rating system was developed for heavily loaded large rafts, and a 10 on this scale might not require a single stroke from a kayaker. 
As a side note, uh, your girl's still looking to get on a Grand Canyon trip, so if anybody's pulled a permit and has an extra spot open, I know how to run the oars, so uh, hit me up. Okay, back to Monica. <laughs> and your husband is a raft guide as well, right? Yes, he is. Um, does he also work for AOG? Yes, he does. Uh, and we we did meet on river. <laughs> like actually on a trip, like on the river? Uh, yeah, well, this was pretty early on. I was guiding for rivers, and he was actually video boating at the time. Um, but he, we were shorthanded that day, and so he came and worked for rivers from a different company. And you guys just met on lunch break or something? <laughs> well, that was like, we met like at the end of the day after the trip was over. Um, but that wasn't necessarily when we started dating. <laughs> and um, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, this is, in October will be our 11th uh, wedding anniversary. Um, and we dated for a couple of years before we got married. It's awesome to hear about like uh, about people like sticking it out too, and especially I mean you guys have the same hobby, so it's easy to be like, "Hey, babe, the water's up. Let's go boating today." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, most of our vacations involve rafting. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> While we're on the subject of river relationships, I wanted to take a second to shout out my friends Becca and Danner, who got hitched back in August, and I can't think of two people or raft guides who are better suited for each other. Here's to wishing you guys a long life of uh, lots of white water and good friends and good community around you. Cheers, guys. Okay, now that I'm done being sappy. And what does being on the river mean to you? Hmm. It's not so much a meaning, I think, as it is just like a feeling. Like being on the water and like feeling the flow of the water around you. And like the way you're using your paddle in the water. Like difficult to describe but it just kind of makes you feel in tune with the natural world around you mm, yeah do you have any special plans for golly fest this year uh well for golly fest i'm usually working um <laughs> Fair. i don't in the last couple of years i haven't made it to the actual festival there in Somersville, but i am usually on the water all weekend golly fest is widely regarded as the world's largest whitewater festival it goes down every year in Summersville, West Virginia on the third weekend of September, culminating in the animal race that following Monday. Golly Fest began in 1983 as a celebration of the derailment of the hydroelectric project that would have stolen one of the whitewater community's most precious resources. Today, it remains the American Whitewater Association's largest fundraising effort of the year. I feel like for most people uh, who are in the the raft guide circuit uh who do it as a job i feel like most of us don't go on actual golly fest weekend we go the weekend after or a couple weeks after to avoid the crowds if you will yeah there are some crazy crowds uh on golly fest weekend and i've definitely run into some like private voters in the middle of my commercial trip so that was put us in weird situations oh yeah <laughs> definitely it was interesting. I was on the Loxaw a couple of years ago. Okay, so the Loxaw. Oh boy, the Loxaw River. It's considered a class three, four section of whitewater. It's located near Lowell, Idaho, and its runnable range is between 1,500 and 25,000 CFS. And its peak season is usually right around Memorial Day, with the third weekend in May being Loxaw River Madness, during which time you can find scores of people lining the roadside next to Loxaw Falls just to check out the carnage. 
this river is awesome the scenery is beautiful and i would absolutely recommend it if you're traveling through idaho and they were uh doing a video uh a video competition and one of the video reels pops up and it was carnage from the upper gully like sweets falls and all of that and all of the people most of the people at the locksaw were west coast boaters and they were all just like, this is insane. What are these people doing? Like, you know, people jumping <laughs> off the rocket pillow onto the creature crafts and doing all of that oh, stuff. Yeah. And they're like, this is insane. And I'm like, well, that's, that's actually kind of normal. <laughs> that's pretty much Golly Fest in a nutshell right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Golly, especially during those busy weekends like Golly Fest weekend, it definitely has a reputation for getting rowdy. Uh-huh, Absolutely. Do you have any <laughs> recommendations for uh, people going out for Golly Fest or for Golly season in general? Like any tips, tricks, or recommendations you can give them? Uh, I mean, I would, if you're not familiar with it, I would definitely vote with someone who does know what the hazards are or and or like where you do want to be because there are some spots that you really don't want to end up out there. There's some sieves and nasty stuff um definitely some undercut rocks on that river yeah have fun but be safe and be aware of your surroundings yeah for sure cool well uh what are you working on right now i know you're guiding and people can request you to go if they want to go out and aren't super comfortable with their skills on the upper golly i mean they can always take a trip with you right yeah i'll be guiding on the upper golly for adventures on the gorge um, and I'm kind of splitting my time uh, between working as a guide and um, working as a tattoo artist at Smoking Gun. Nice. Thank you so much for talking to me today. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is River of Ink Design. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see you out on the water here soon. And uh, yeah, happy golly season, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> happy golly season. Okay, guys, so now is a part of the show that I like to call Reading Water, where I read your river stories that you submit to me. This one comes from my buddy Jamie, and he writes, I guess one of the funniest stories that comes to mind was on Alberton Gorge. I ended up rolling with this old head who was paddling a 14-foot cataract with his wife and son. We kind of had an unspoken safety rolling for each other the whole way down the river, staying pretty distant to give each other privacy and space. When we were taking off, I commented on a line he took as being the way to go. Turns out he was following my lines the whole time. All the while, I was following his lines because he seemed like he was in the know. It was kind of a humbling moment for, of the ignorant trust for both of us. Oh man, thanks for that story, Jamie. I can say that I've definitely been there before. If not with someone at the put-in, then definitely with a friend who seems overly confident about the run. Keep sending me those stories, guys. I love to hear them. Thanks again to Monica for taking time out to sit down and talk to me. Also on the boating calendar this week is Upper Yawk Week. If you stop at National, have a beer for me, would you? If you have any boating events coming up that I should announce, know someone that I should interview, or just have a good river story to tell, email me at comehellrhighwater at gmail.com. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Katie Gosses, with the music written and performed by the band Buzzard's Glory. 
go check out their music on Spotify. Hope you'll join me again next week, come hell or high water. <laughs>